Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the 4th of July sale at Ace, the perfect time to buy the latest grills from our exclusive lineup of premium brands like Weber, Traeger, and more. Right now, get free assembly and free delivery on our top grill brands and accessories, $3.99 and up. From our store, right to your door. Don't miss the 4th of July sale, now through Monday, only at Ace. Offer valid for Ace Rewards members only. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodorant. Joining me today, as always, is Jake Wittroba and Armaka5. And on today's episode, we sip some tea and, well, look forward to USA versus Jamaica in the Gold Cup semifinal. Now, listeners, you know the drill. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and follow us at Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. And uh, Jake and Armand, this U.S. women's national team. Is phenomenal. No need to criticize. Honestly, there's no need to spend more than four minutes on on this topic. You know why? It's because they are the most dominant team we have seen in modern international football. They are not scared of anybody. They that's, that's simply a, a will win. I like it. I like it. Jake, Armand, U.S. is unbeaten in its last 16 World Cup matches 13 wins three draws winning the last 11 in a row that's the record the u.s has six goals in the opening 15 minutes of this world cup that's more than 14 teams have total at the world cup the u.s is the only nation to have reached the semifinals of all eight fifa women's world cups since the inaugural tournament in 1991 This is the third World Cup in which the U.S. Women's National Team has never trailed entering the final. This U.S. Soccer Federation under the U.S. Women's National Team title is 39-4-6. Outscoring opponents 136-38 in 49 games at World Cups. All FIFA World Cup records. The U.S. Women's National Team has had nine different goal scorers at this tournament alone. Only the 03 German team with 10 and the 99 American team with 10 have had more in a single World Cup. I mean, is there something this U.S. Women's National Team can't do? I mean, seriously. Insane. I don't think there is anything they can't do. They're, they're, and they did it without Megan Rapino, yeah? Who says the best player? Did it without her? Kristen Press had to get the start due to a hamstring issue with Rapino. They have so much depth. You know what? You're getting tired. You can just sub on Carly Lloyd. E- easily one of the most dominant teams. And they're one step away from going back-to-back in World Cups. 
that's the other thing. Three straight World Cup finals. I mean, just impeccable. What, what can you say? There's nothing you really can say. <laughs> they're, they're flat out the best team in the world. And I, I think we all have an apology for saying they were going to lose to France. So I, I will submit my apology letter right now. I'm so sorry to the U.S. Women's National Team for doubting them yeah. heading into that game uh, against France. No, I watched this game today, and it was about as thorough a performance as, uh, as I think I've seen from them this, this uh, tournament. They dominated England. I mean, England had very few chances. Every time I, I looked up and was watching that game for periods of time, the U.S. was creating chance after chance. The ball was constantly in England's uh, in, in the U.S. attacking third. It, it just seemed like one-way traffic today towards that in- England net. And I'm kind of surprised that the U.S. only mustered two goals, to be quite frank with you guys. Yeah. And and guys, listeners, the U.S. haven't played crap. They played the number three and four ranked team in the world to get to this final. France, the fourth ranked team in the quarterfinals, and England, the third ranked team, according to the FIFA World Rankings. It's not like they've had easy teams to get past. They've had to go up against great competition, and they have made it look easy. It's just, it's mind-boggling. We talked a lot about all the worlds catching up to the U.S. I mean, the, the talent alone on this U.S. team, the depth, it's just insane. I, we could go on about this game, but there's, they're going to win the World Cup. I'll say it now. They'll win the World Cup. Congratulations, back-to-back. Say it right now. Ah, oh, yikes. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite you. Hopefully it doesn't come back to bite you. Yeah, do you really think it's going to come back and bite me? I mean, it's football, man. You'll know what happens. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's. Hey, Hades in the semifinal of the Gold Cup. Yeah, okay. That's, your, that's the reporter and you talking. Jake, one more note from this game. And you and Armand have had a little bit of a disagreement on whether or not the penalty call was correct. That penalty, in my eyes, 100% a penalty. 100% I mean, a penalty. I, guess, I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm stupid. Like, I feel like I missed something. Listeners, you can at me on Armand Kefai and just explain to me what it was. Um, maybe I'm just completely missing something. I feel like uh, Sister Ellen White drew the – it was Ellen White, right, who was in the, who was in the middle uh, on that play. I feel like she drew the contact by when she was cocking up her shot and Becky Sauber was just there. I mean, nothing much you can really do in that instance. I mean, I guess – Whatever, I guess I'm, I guess I'm honestly wrong, uh, according to uh, the polls on Reddit and Twitter. But I mean, I just I, I I feel like it's more of a comparison of like you know when you're in the NBA and you you shoot, it's like someone jumping into you, like you're there, like what can you do? I don't know. That's just my two cents. I I I thought it wasn't even a penalty. That that kind of gave a gave a, gave a lifeline late on to like you know get a chance, and you know luckily Nair made that save. But mm, I, I I agree with it. Yeah, typical England fashion. <laughs> Blowing it. Missing penalties when it matters oh. the most. I mean, I, I, as soon as, as soon as that penalty was, as soon as they, they, they did the, the review of it and, and the ref awarded England the penalty, I'm like, she's going to miss. This is England. They're going to miss a penalty. And a few seconds later. It was later, a terrible penalty. It was, that was one of the worst penalties I've seen. 
terrible. That was that that penalty was that shot was I don't want to miss the net. That's what that shot was. Such a bad penalty. Such a bad penalty. What an easy save for for Nair. Way too easy. As we know, Jill Ellis made two changes in the starting eleven, bringing in Christine Press for Megan Rapino, who had a hamstring strain, which set Twitter ablaze. Everybody really didn't know what was going on with Rapino sitting out. I mean, Steven, you want to hear the most comical thing? What's uh, up? The most comical thing to me was that people were trying to rationalize it like it was tactical. Like, no, it's not. You're not going to take off your leading goal scorer for like some tactical reason. You're going to let her play through it. You're most of your best players. Be like, oh, it's tactical. It's bronze is so good. And, you know, this and that. It's like, no, there had to be some sort of injury. It, like, sure, Jill Ellis has made some questionable things, but she's not stupid. Like, you have to play Rapino in that instance. I, I, that's why I think, at least, I don't know about you guys. Some people are trying to rationalize, like, oh, some tactical stuff. There's nothing tactical well, about hope, that. Well, Hope Solo, who, who we, we've credited. Who's a clown. Her. Clown. Okay, well, I think she's been more spot on with her tactical analysis. She, she, she has. She has been more right than wrong this World Cup, I would say. Uh, she, she said that Rapino sitting on the bench, she can't go full 90, but look, she had hamstring injury. I, at, at this point, you go with the 100% health over somebody who's 82% with a, and, and especially in a hamstring when no, this 100%. is a sport when you're running around. I mean, th- that hamstring goes, next thing you know, you have, you're having to make a, a substitution in the 22nd minute. That completely changes your game plan. She did the right thing. Put the guy, put the gal that is, completely healthy over somebody who has a potential to completely pull a muscle and then next thing you know your game plan is out the window and you've completely screwed yourself the other change she made was Lindsay Horan in the midfield in place of Samantha Mewis both players provided a lot of fresh legs so yeah Alex Morgan and of course it had to be the substitution Christine Press to get the first goal and Alex Morgan getting the winner there but sipping tea apparently is controversial in of itself. Who would have thought that this goal celebration would piss off somebody? But Leanne Sanderson, a professional footballer for Juventus, has 50 caps with the English team. She had this to say on BN Sports. Yeah, you know, I think tonight I, I expected Alex to grab a goal, but I'm not that happy with that celebration uh, you can celebrate however you want, but that, that for me is a bit distasteful. And I don't think she needs to do that. She can celebrate however she wants. And I'm a big believer in the Americans and how they celebrate. But for me, this was a little bit disrespectful. It is her 30th birthday, to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, maybe that's why she celebrated like that. But for me, I think it's, I could be wrong, but it's based upon playing against England and we love our tea in England. I'm not a tea drinker, but, you know, that's what we're connected with. So I'm a little bit, um, I think it's a little bit distasteful. We spent a good chunk of the beginning of this World Cup ripping on the women and talking about the celebrations against Thailand. But this time around, I'm giving Alex Morgan a, a round of applause. I love the celebration. Great celebration. I don't care. I don't care what anybody has to say. I don't care if England is offended by the little tea party. You know, I, I don't care. That was a great celebration. 1776. It's 4th of July on Thursday. Merca. Great celebration. <laughs> I what, what I don't get it. Is this racism towards the English now? I I I I don't get it. Armand, do you get it? It's just salt. That's what it is. It's, it's just salt. It's, it's uh, just 
Yeah, you know, you, you play for national team, but national pride. It, it, it's just so, that's all it is. And those on Twitter who commented about the the end of the game and how the English players were unprofessional and, and some people started using Phil Neville's quotes and, and turning and twisting his words. Look, when a player spits on somebody, that's that's the lowest bar you can get. But the the tackle, Jake, you and I were talking about it. It, it didn't warrant this unprofessional nonsense of twisting Phil Neville's words against what he said against Cameroon and using them against this English squad. Look, if you think that challenge late in that game was intentional, you have no understanding of, of, of football. I mean, why would England intentionally take a cheap shot that late in a semifinal? Millie Bright down is the goal? one that got the red card, by the way. Why would Billy Bright take that shot? Why would she? Why? Why would she? Why would she take a cheap shot at a U.S. player late in the game down a goal in a semifinal of the World Cup? Makes no sense. So for anyone who thinks that was an intentional intentional tackle with the boot raised above the ball, stud showing, I I don't buy it. Get out of here. Yeah, well, that's your wrap on the U.S. women's national team. We'll have more leading up to the final. We do not know who the opponent will be. Might be European champ Netherlands or the Swedes which would be very interesting. Obviously, they played together in the group, but the U.S. and the Swedes, or the Swedes, really do not like the U.S. So it'll be a a fantastic final. Can't wait for it. We'll have, like I said, we'll have some content for you leading up to the final. But let's let's turn the page. Let's go across the Atlantic and talk about another semifinal, which is tonight. And guys, let me read you this. This opening paragraph from USsoccer.com talking about this match tonight. Dateline Chicago. Coming off four matches in which the side has outscored opponents 12-0. The U.S. men's national team takes on familiar foe Jamaica in the 2019 CONCACAF Gold Cup semifinal on Wednesday, July 3rd at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Coverage of USA Jamaica begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, Univision, UDN, and Football de Premiera radio networks. Guys, that headline, I'm sorry, is a, is a little bit misleading. 12 nothing outscoring your opponents. Yeah, doesn't tell you the story of the, I don't know, the lackluster performances on the pitch. It, it, it's a funny way of, of talking about this match tonight. We got we to gotta sell hope. We got to sell hope. Let's not talk about how we scored those 12 goals or what, what it really looked like or who we played. Let's just, hey, we scored 12 goals. Those 12 goals could have been against Mexico, and, for all we know. Yeah, that's Those true. 12 goals could have been against Guyana. Those 12 goals could have been against anybody, really. But we'll we'll leave that up to the reader to decide who those 12 goals were up against. Because outscoring our opponents 12-0 in four matches sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Oh. Sounds good on paper. Yeah. Armand, if I had told you the U.S. would score 12 goals leading into the semifinal in four matches, you would have taken it. Yeah, three goals per game, right? Uh, but the funny thing is, 10 of those 12 goals came against Trudeau and Guyana, so whoop-de-doo, I guess, right? I guess that, I guess that really means something. Uh, Jake, tell us how the reggae boys got to the semifinal. Jamaica, believe it or not, got to the final. They beat Honduras 3-2. Tied El Salvador nil nil and tied Curacao 
1-1 in the group stage. Jamaica did win their group. And in the CONCACAF Gold Cup quarterfinals, Jamaica squared off against Panama in which they won 1-0. But, Armand, I think what people need to know is that this Jamaican side isn't filled with European stars. I mean, outside of Leon Bailey from Leverkusen, that's about it. No, that, that's, that's genuinely about it. But, I mean, Kamar Lawrence from the Red Bulls is fantastic. Uh, you know, they even have... Peter Vassell. You guys know Peter Vassell is played for LAFC, was a draft pick, and he's been getting lots of minutes for them as well. No, they're not they don't have European stars. They don't have they have one. Outside of that, they're they're kind of, you know, MLS and you know USL based. So from you know, like an eye test of looking at looking at these teams, you'd probably say the US has a leg up. I mean, you can't really trust in anything with the US, you know? They they they, they like making things interesting and fun. For some reason. 13 players play their trade in the United States for Jamaica. Obviously, a couple of players that Armand just mentioned. Andre Blank of the Union. Kamar Lawrence of the Red Bulls. Elvis Powell of FC Cincinnati. Peter Vassell of LAFC, as Armand mentioned. And Darren Mactix of FC Cincinnati. Seven more play in USL. So this squad is less than the U.S., okay? Fair to say. At Unc Sam Soccer Pod, at Steven Jodron, if you disagree. But, Jake, what is really interesting about the Reggae Boys is they have had success in recent years against the U.S. Yeah, in 2015, the Reggae Boys pulled off a 2-1 semifinal upset of the U.S. at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta to advance to their first Gold Cup final. Was it? Was 2017. It, sorry to interrupt, but wasn't that basically what ended Yergum's tenure with the U.S. men's national team leading up into qualification? The fact that's that he, what got the the ball that's rolling. what got his seat real hot. That's what his that's what yeah. his seat started getting real hot. Yep. And yet we play Jamaica again in a in very important semifinal. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. But continuing here in 2017, they returned to the championship match, but fell two one as the U.S. men's national team raised its sixth Confederation Championship trophy on July 26th. 2017 at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. And, and and that's the game where goalkeeper Andre Blake broke his hand or came off as a substitution, if I remember correctly, Armand. This is kind of when we started the Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. I remember talking to you about this match. And th- that tournament was when Mexico rolled out a B squad and it was the U.S.'s to lose. So as much as winning its sixth Confederation Championship Gold Cup, because because that was that was the year the Confederations Cup, right? Yep, yep, yep. So that's why they were like, "Oh, we're gonna put all our eggs in the Confederations Cup. And we're gonna put the B team out for mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the the Gold Cup." So that's why the U.S. won. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. that was my first start. No, look, Jamaica always can, always can uh, pose a threat. Um, they look really that impressive in their win over Panama, to be quite honest with you. But again, the U.S. didn't look impressive in their win against Curacao. Uh, so it should be a battle. Of, I mean, they're obviously the U.S.-Jamaica matchup is much more even than Haiti-Mexico. Uh, so I, mean, I, expect, I expect a pretty uh, good affair. But again, Leon Bailey is so lethal. He's just such a, such a good, technically gifted player. He's just so lethal. I, I'm worried to see how he's going to you know, go up against a guy like a Nick Lima or like a Tim Ream 
which that that thought kind of just gives me uh, some shivers. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little scary to think about, guys. And last but not least, guys, who can forget? Jamaica defeated the U.S. one nil in a June fifth friendly, right before this Gold Cup. But not all hope is lost. The USA does hold the advantage in this series with a 15-3-8 overall advantage and a 4-0-1-1 edge in Gold Cup play. Armand, does that friendly have any carryover effect, even if it's just mental for either squad? With the way Greg Berhalter will tell the squad, it, it I don't think it will. I think Berhalter will just be like, look, guys, like, Berhalter has openly said, like, why, why is everyone confused that we lost? Why does everyone care we lost this game? Like, who cares? We're experimenting. You come in with that, I think they'll be fine, man. You have to realize there's players like Jackson Yule was starting in that game. Look, he's not on the Gold Cup roster. I, I, I it shouldn't. It, it really shouldn't have any impact on them. I don't, and I don't think it will either. Um, maybe though, at the beginning, maybe towards the, if it's like you know a very close game, maybe some doubt will start to creep in. But I, I, I don't think so. It, it, it really shouldn't. Which leads us to the question of the day, listeners, at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. We want to hear your thoughts. We also want to hear your thoughts on the U.S. Women's National Team. Go USA. But how much pressure is on the U.S. and Greg Berhalter and company to perform well versus getting the W? Your eyes. You're all about surviving in advance, huh? I, I, I think, yeah. At this point, depending on the outcome of Mexico and Haiti, we are recording during the match it's all about getting to the final go out there and get that trophy because it's a fair point. Yeah. it's most likely that the match follows the u.s women hoisting the world cup and having the title of world champions back-to-back world champs i i generally do think there's more pressure on getting the w i don't care what it looks like at this point i don't care anymore you just want to win. I just want to win. And I, I, again, this is a layup. This team is made up of seven players that play in the USL. Apart from the Union, guys, FC Cincinnati, not that good. Red Bulls, been eh. Obviously, Peter Vassell of LAFC has also been up there. But it's not like this team has players at top clubs in MLS either. This should be a layup, Jake, right? Layup. Well, June 5th match should have been a layup, regardless if Jackson Ewell was starting or not in that game. So, I guess, what did we learn from the Curacao match, Stephen, by saying this should be a layup and this U.S. men's national team? Well, I'm take-cornered, so I'm going to continue with the narrative of layups. You're right, though. You're right, though. But recent history suggests that this game should be anything but a layup, like like we read off earlier. Yeah. The the recent Gold Cup results. Fair point. I think this is gonna be this is gonna be a nervy match. Actually, I think I I, I don't think the U.S. is going to is going to walk away with an easy two nil defeat or a three nil defeat. No, I think there's going to be a lot of grinding. I think there's I I think Jamaica is going to put up a, a great fight. Okay, I think this is going to be a close match late in the game. But take it back to the question of the day: How much pressure is on the U.S. to perform well versus just getting the W? I think there's a ton of pressure on, on them to perform well because look who they're playing. Again, what? if it was what? just get the W, if it yes. was Mexico, yes, just get the W. I don't care how it looks. 
just beat Mexico. Or when you're playing Curacao or you're playing Jamaica, and even teams like Panama too, why why is this a why is this a, a close match? Why do I feel like this game is a coin flip? Why do I feel like the opposition has a better than snowball's chance in hell in actually winning this game? There, I think just at this point, you know what, Stephen, you've converted me. You've converted me. It's just survive in advance. Yeah. Uh, you need to get to that point to play Mexico. That I think that's I think that's more important than like okay a uh, a sexy performance against Jamaica. Let let me ask you because sorry to interrupt you, Armand, but don't you think the players, like you know how some players or that that where you play down to some competition just because you feel like ugh I'm playing you. We see we see it in the NFL. We see it in the NBA. We see it in Europe. We do. And these teams against Carousel, Guyana, like, does Christian Pulisic really care? Does Weston McKinney really care? But, oh, there's Mexico. One of the greatest rivalries in international football, Mexico-USA. You don't think they would get hyped up for it? So, I think the tune changes Sunday if they get there. But, Armand, I, I, I agree with you. Survive in advance. But what happens? What happens if they have this fluke, one nothing loss, and they hold majority possession, have more shots, like twisted from what we said against Carousel, where you have where you have a one nil win, but you dominate in possession, you dominate in shots, and the the goalkeeper then stands you, on then his you, head. Then you get criticized. Then you get criticized for not making the final. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Survive in advance. All right, boys, but before we wrap up here, prediction time. What are your predictions? Armand, I'll start with you. For me, I see the U.S. winning 2-0. It'll be 1-0, probably like the 30th minute in the U.S. the second one to close it. I think it's going to be a little bit more comfortable in Curacao, surprisingly. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, You won't see them seed uh, that much much possession as well. I see it as no motivation to get to Mexico, and I see them making it to play on Sunday. There's history with this Jamaica-USA tie in the semifinals, or in the, even in the final. So it goes back and forth. I think you'll you'll set in the scoreline where it's competitive. The U.S. will get a goal, but we'll see what how Jamaica reacts to it. We'll see. I, they're not scared of the U.S. They have speed. They have pace. I, I'm curious to know what the mental makeup of this U.S. team is. I, I still don't know who the emotional leader is. I still don't know if, if we're going to see a 10th different captain. My money's on, yeah, we'll see a different captain out there against Jamaica because that's how Greg Berhalter's been rolling. I don't think Greg Berhalter has the full confidence of the locker room. I think he's tinkering a little too much at times, and players kind of get confused. He's making it a little too complicated. As Armand said, he's too smart for the locker room. There's a lot of pressure on this U.S. team to perform well and to get the W. I know it's kind of a split of the question of the day, but still. This U.S. team needs to go out there and get the W, and if they face Mexico on Sunday, what an exciting match that will be. I have them winning 2-1. I have the U.S. winning this match 2-1. It won't be convincing, but they'll get the job done. Listeners, send in your predictions, and don't forget question of the day. How much pressure is on the USA to perform well versus getting the W versus Jamaica? At Unc Sam Soccer Pod, send in your thoughts. You can follow Stephen Jodoran at Stephen Jodoran. You can follow Armand Kafaya at Armand Kafaya. And you can follow myself 
at Jake Latroba. Make sure, by the way, you all have a happy and safe Fourth of July. Don't blow your hands off lighting off fireworks. We don't want it. <laughs> we don't want any. We don't want any Jason Pierre Pauls. All right. Be safe out there. Armand, right? be smart. Armand, you lighting off any fireworks? Dude, I'll be in the press box watching FC Dallas play on July Fourth, man. Oh, I'll yes. be watching fireworks be let off, but I'm not gonna be. Uh, An American... I'm not gonna be burning my hand off. An American tradition, watching soccer on 4th of July. (laughs) Anyway, listeners, happy 4th. We'll be back in the coming days with more U.S. soccer-related material. Till next time. And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Capital One presents a 30-second audio tour of Ireland. Sheep. Fairies. Golf. Charming Castle. Charming Castle. Charming Castle. Charming Castle. Charming Castle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know you can actually go there when you use the Capital One Venture Card. You earn unlimited double miles on every dollar you spend on every purchase, which means you'll have plenty of miles to actually travel to Ireland. The Capital One Venture Card. What's in your wallet? Capital One Bank USA N.A. 